We are back with another episode of the Black Box Podcast. I'm your host, John, and this one's a little bit different. I'm trying to change up the format just for the time being because I did interviews for so long. I'm going to try to do, you know, like little 15, 20, 25 minute like talking sessions with another person, sometimes maybe even myself, uh, where I just go over, you know, a common topic that's being talked about a lot in the news or something along those lines, trying to stay away from political stuff for the most part, though. Um so today I had on Juan Tamayo. He's our boy. Uh, we did an interview with him. I don't know how long ago, but he's a previous guest of the Black Box podcast. He's a lawyer. Um, yeah, and we talked about the recent TikTok uh, congressional hearing with the CEO. Um, I kind of stand from the perspective of the technical person, like the engineer, the software developer, and Juan is more on the legal side. So he's talking about more of the defense and why Congress is asking these questions and what, you know, security measures they're trying to take. So I think it's a good one. We, we cover, you know, a few topics from the conversation that were pretty important um, and just kind of tried to make sense of it. So maybe people that watched it, but didn't really fully understand what was being said or the technical aspect of it. So hopefully it helps. Tried not to be biased at all. Just a little disappointed in the lack of technical understanding from the people who are speaking on behalf of the country, but also we got to be safe because we don't know if um, a Chinese based company could be mishandling our data. So totally understand it from both sides. Uh, other than that, I'm going to dive right in and uh, thank you Juan again. Appreciate you taking the time and uh, peace. Hey guys, just wanted to shout out Zencaster, our platform of choice for recording remotely with our guests. Uh, they're sponsoring this episode, so tune in later to hear more about some really great offers. Hey y'all, we're really excited to tell you about Black Ice, the Black-owned jewelry business owned by Sean Moore, uh, our previous guest on the Black Box podcast. If you think if you think about it, Black Ice and like Black Box like it's it's almost like it's meant to be oh. exactly um yeah but you know we like to focus on investing in the show so you know we kind of look at it as we're partnering up with a asset class you know jewelry is considered an investment and with the you know stock market and crypto being pretty volatile right now and most for the most part going down um jewelry especially precious metals you know gold and silver those tend to preserve their value really well so you know that's also another reason why we think it's a a good opportunity. But also, you know, I've worked with Sean in the past. I got a gift for my mother actually for Mother's Day. It was a pretty, a relatively custom piece, nothing crazy, but, you know, Sean was quick. He was easy. He was responsive. The price was fair. And, you know, we just met up and transaction was easy and my mom loved the gift. So, yeah, if this all sounds good to you, check out Black Ice's website at Black Ice NYC um, and at all socials. And, uh, there's a V instead of an A for the black. So as you guys are probably used to with little letter substitutions by us, but you could find stock goods there. And Sean also specializes in custom goods with quick turnaround times. Yeah. Uh, Sean does great custom pieces. I've seen a bunch of them on his social media, but um, yeah, he's also good for sourcing, you know, like watches, specific Rolexes, anything like that they are looking for. He can also get you a better price. And, you know, if you're going to, you know, a bigger name shop or someone that you don't really know that might try to gouge you on the price. So 
Along with that, it's also supporting an upcoming entrepreneur. He's had a lot of success. He just celebrated his one year anniversary of the business, had a really nice party. And um, let's get back to the show. All right, everyone, we're back with another episode. This time we have Juan Tamayo on. He's a previous guest of the Black Box podcast, so I don't think he needs to reintroduce himself. But today we're going to talk about something pretty interesting, and I just wanted to have some you know, technical discussion about it. Recently there was the, uh, I guess, the congressional hearing with the CEO of TikTok, and they were kind of asking him questions just to gain more understanding about how the app works, how they're you know, garnering information and where, if, and where are they storing it? Um, yeah. So, you know, cause we know Juan is a lawyer. He, uh, is a member of the bar. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you got a bar card and, um, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I figured for his like legal expertise and then my technical knowledge, it would be a pretty good conversation. So, uh, I guess before we get started and get into it, Juan, is there anything you want to talk about or just, I don't know, say hello? No. Hi, everybody. Um, (laughs) No, but like definitely excited the discussion because I think like I'd rather chime in with the perspective of like maybe what the Congress people are thinking or maybe like some of the rationale behind the questions they're thinking because I think you have the the technical expertise that I definitely don't to like lead this. Yeah. 100%. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure. But I mean, I guess this conversation will come off like i'm defending tiktok and juan's defending like the congress people but it's more me expressing my discontent with the fact that there are people representing us in these situations that clearly have no idea how like a software like stack works and like how data is stored and how you access a network so you know i wish that we could have the right people like asking those questions if we're gonna do it but um yeah so i had three points i wanted to talk about the three being um, because I watched some recaps. I didn't watch the entirety of the meeting, but I'd say I watched probably like an hour's worth. There were three main points that I thought I wanted to talk about that kind of just showed like the lack of understanding of it. There's the face scanning aspect where there were some points brought up about how they're storing like, you know, user data about their like physical appearance. Another one is like how they're calculating the user's age because apparently they're able to like feed them content based on their age. And then three is like accessing a Wi-Fi network and what they could do with that access once they're like granted to be like a participant on a Wi-Fi network or something like that. So I guess there's just been a lot of controversy over, I guess this this entire process and this hearing was to like bring to light what TikTok is doing with American data, like American users data and how safe are the users while using the app, I guess, right? More or less, I think that that's what the point of all this was. So, yeah, I think trying to yeah. take it like we're looking at it from like a security perspective, but I think it's 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 hard not to politicize this issue, right? And I think like part of it is politics. The U.S. doesn't have like the most comprehensive and safe data protection scheme either. Like one of the biggest beefs that Europe has with us is that government surveillance is a probable thing in like U.S. like tech operations of any variety. Indeed, operations gotcha. of any variety, but I think like it, it's it's a valid concern on all the same because I think China has even more of those concerns from that perspective, right? When you're looking at it from like a data, like a user data perspective, like you're thinking about like the government regime and espionage ability in China, obviously has like a monopoly on that for anyone operating in China, at least. Yeah, right? yeah. TikTok, for example. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I 
I guess it wouldn't be that big of a deal if it wasn't China. I guess that's like the, the well, biggest that's, yeah, like, 100%, we're, like, I think. like world yeah. powers kind of opposing each other and how China has been, you know, at least fed to us to, to appear to be in terms of like their ruthlessness in some capacity and how like the, I mean, it's, 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 again, it's hard not to politicize this. If this was like an app exactly. that didn't come from China, I don't think it would have, but if it was as big as TikTok, like that's the question, right? Like what, what is the biggest uh, competitor with TikTok in reality? Like maybe like Facebook, like Nita, um, yeah. like other big social media platforms, like conglomerates, right? Like they've done it to Mark Zuckerberg. They, they brought him in and they were like asking him like really shit questions. You know what I mean? Like they were questions well, all think, the same point, but I think there wasn't as technical, right? Like, I mean, I, it, I think it was, I think it was just regarding different topics that Facebook has been known to, you know, maybe take yeah. too much data or something like that. But yeah, I think it's also a larger like attack on tech in terms of the security and how much like at, when the internet first came, mm. it was more like just feeding information to someone. But it's since then in the 2010s and now especially become like taking in users data and also feeding them things. So now all these companies have a bunch of iterations of like people's private information (coughs) and they are now saying like, all right, well, if shit hit the fan, like they have all this stuff that they could like take advantage of and utilize and leverage and like, you know, hurt. Like yeah, they don't, concerning. they care about the citizens, but they don't really care about us as much as they would like, you know, someone of value having their personal information on those apps. Right. Like, cause yeah, that's, that's sure. like a threat to national safety more than anything. Yeah. But okay. Yeah. Let's get to the point. Yeah, there's a weird, okay. it's a weird example. You're talking such a unique example in this space because of how big it is. Right. Like, yeah. Um, all right. So the first one being the, the face scanning. So in the video, the the congressman was basically asking, are you storing like physical, like are you storing data about the physical attributes of the user? And then the TikTok CEO basically was like, no, we don't store anything that's related to, you know, face, voice, or, you know, any, yeah, anything like that. Um, and... I don't want to put this like the, the the congressman was having a hard time understanding that they weren't storing that data, but they were still able to use like filters and things like that. But in reality, hmm. which the, the TikTok CEO mentioned shortly after that, in order to do the filters, they only need to know where your pupils are or like certain aspects of your face. Yeah. They're not, they claim to not even be storing that data. Like in, on a, in like a full stack web application or like an app of any sort, you have a server that is basically accessing the database, which is where all the data is stored. But there's also an entirely another component, which is the front end that you're viewing, like the user interface. And the way that it works is there's servers running. That's basically the company. But every time you open up like, like a website, all of the front end stuff is being rendered on your device. Mm. So like, for them to use the, and, and when I say that, <clears throat> I mean, like, the data starts on the front end, and only by choice will you send it to the back end where it could be stored. So they're claiming yeah, that in this case, into that. yeah, yeah. So they're basically taking the data of where your eyes are, or maybe another component of your face, like your nose or mouth, 
and they're keeping it all on the front end. That's all on the user's device physically. They're not sending mm-hmm. anything over. So I guess I mean, there's not much more to it than they didn't understand, but like... But can like TikTok access that data? Yeah, TikTok like can if they access that data. I'm not saying that they're actively doing it, but like if they really wanted to, they could access that. Yeah, they could. I mean, they are their code that's like, it's basically like they wrote this code, but it's running on an instance on the person's device. Yeah. It only it only can become stored in like their data permanently is if they sent it to the back end and then stored it in the database. So like the they are taking the data to some extent from like, you know, the camera input output and then plugging it yeah. into their app and then saying if the eyes are in this point and they're like these two data points are this far away, like all right, put the filter up. You know what I mean? Yeah, but then how long does how long is that instance saved on their phone? Um basically the moment that they like close the session of the app like if you you know swipe up mm-hmm. and then close it yeah, yeah, it's like gone. you close the app fully yeah it's then gone. that that will like wipe the instance as as soon as the session's closed and you clear your cache there's no more data related to that app stored in like on your device so i guess like if that is true then where's the risk i don't really see much like yeah, the, I guess like we talked about before we started this, we could be lying, or they could technically be lying and just sending it to the back end and storing it, and then making you know running a complex algorithm that like looks up every U.S. person's face and determines where they're located. Like they could do, they could be doing all that, but it just seems unlikely. I think that's a lot of work. Like I said, it's hard not to politicize this. I think I think it's more. I think a more rational fear would be their ability to do it. Right. I think if they could do it, and it seems like they could, again, neither one of us are being experts in yeah. what they actually made. But, you know, knowing what we now make, maybe. Like, I mean, if they could actually access that data, like they could. That being said, a hypothetical isn't the same as like definitive evidence. We're not talking like they're yeah. actually doing it. And it's kind the of ridiculous. One, to they would. Yeah. Yeah. The only one point that I did hear in the, in the hearing that I, you know, can't confirm or would like confirmation to possible, but I don't think we ever would. I guess it's that, and this comes down to legality, honestly. Um, yeah. Because they're the entity that owns TikTok, ByteDance, is based in China. Apparently, under yeah. the uh, CCR, is that how the what they're regulations? Chinese, yeah, Chinese Congress like regime. The China Congress, the CCP, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, like the, the entity of China, but they. Mm-hmm. Like companies that exist under them have to like get on command, give up all their data, like, like surrender all of that and uh, basically do anything that's asked of them. Yeah. I mean, they're they're state operators, state control, even if like they're a private company, like they're subject to the state's control. So, and that's what I'm saying. There's a political reason to be afraid of this, but there's a reality reason to be afraid of this as well, which is like, that's the thing. It's like, in theory, yes. Like if the Chinese don't want it, they could force TikTok to do it through the vein of their parent company. So this is where the legal part comes in because then later, like after that, the CEO responded with that technically is only true for like their property that exists on um, Chinese soil. Like Chinese soil. And they're storing all of the American data for American users on a server. Like when it comes down to it, where you're saving the data, like that's on a physical server, like yeah. that has to exist somewhere. And like all mm-hmm. bigger companies have their own hardware. They don't like use third party yeah. services to store their data. So they have a server located in their like offices, I guess in America, and they're storing yeah. the American data there. So 
I guess you don't know sense. how Chinese law works, but in terms of if, if it's anything on a parallel to American law, like they would, we would be safe in that aspect, right? Because it's in another country uh, under another jurisdiction. Oof. I'm going to hit a pause on that because my food just got here, but like that is a loaded right. question. You're good. One you're second. <laughs> Podcasting remotely can be challenging, but with Zencaster, the process becomes much easier. Zencaster is an all-in-one web-based solution that makes the process pretty painless and simple. Um, Zencaster allows to bring you guys, our listeners, the best quality by providing crystal clear audio and gorgeous HD video when we record with our guests. Uh, Zencaster is also easy to use for new users and guests. So, you know, when we have people on the podcast who haven't used a platform before, we pretty much just tell them to show up with a computer, mic, and uh, headphones, and you're pretty much good to go. Um, Zencaster is pretty plug and play. Uh, but from local recording to automated post-production tools, you don't even have to leave the browser to finish off your episode. Use the code zen.ai slash blackbox and enter our promo code blackbox. You'll get 30% off the first three months of Zencaster Pro. It's time to share your story. I think like to get to the, the question, I think it's a bit yeah. loaded. I think comparatively to China, like, yeah, you, I don't think one, it's operating on American soil as a private company. You need like certain, there has to be a process that needs to be followed. They'd have to be subpoenaed in some variety to turn over information like that, meaning they'd have to be investigated. And that's not, that's not, that's not what's happening in that regard. That being said, it's complicated. They are technically like, yes, on Chinese soil, this, this audit could happen and they'd have to comply in American soil. Not really, but we've never been called into question like that. Right. Got you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I get also, it. Like, also the concern of American surveillance on this as well, which is why it's a loaded question. Because like the U.S. government is known to surveil its own constituents, meaning us, and yeah. spy on us. Get our data, farm it. So I don't know. It's a really loaded question. I I got you. Yeah, I guess I I meant it more just from the perspective oh. of if it's like existing on the U.S., could China like no, actually still not. get it? Because like they couldn't physically retrieve the servers because it's in our country, but that's also another layer to it. Cause with software, like you don't read the data that's on the database by like opening up the database, like it's computer components, you know, like you don't like pull it out like a book and start fucking looking through the, the entries. You make queries against the database. So like, even though the, the server is located here in the data, like at a, mm -hmm. like, chemical level inside the the pcb board like electronic yeah. level um is here like if they were called upon they could technically query against the database of like american that's information what i'm saying is like that's what my concern would be is like their ability to go on an electronic and a technical level to actually access the data because you're right as a chinese company too and if most of their hardware and software is based in china at some point you would think it has to go back there or this get pinged in some variety it can't exist in perpetuitous isolation yeah. in the u.s like it would have to at some point be rounded back well and yeah that's, that's, a, that's a complicated part because it, it like exists like in the air more or less like like yeah, when the sure. app's running like like it's more like the way that it's working is it's just calling all these different components that are in different physical locations so it's not really bound to any one place physically like if someone worked on tiktok and had access to their servers and database they could be querying from England. Like they can make queries against a database in England and alter the data while in another country. So it's like, it doesn't really matter where, I guess if technically if they were called upon. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's that's kind of the problem. That's kind of the problem. I think that's like the very public excuse security rationale, right? Like if you really wanted to have a reason for this, that's one, right? It's like the ability for the Chinese government to really poke in there against like users will. Exactly. Maybe even to get to the right? Like Pardon? What were you saying? I'm, thinking, I'm trying to think about it, like the other topics, right? Like, oh yeah, yeah. So like calculating not- age, calculating age, and storing you like, uh, I guess not storing it, but I guess that's also a concern. But how are they able to, um, I guess, like the concern by the congressman was that, all right, are you now using the face information to then calculate their age? Like, we don't want our you know people to be able to determine that based on like what they look like and have that information, but. The no, but they CEO of TikTok. Yeah, don't don't they give it? Like, doesn't a user have to give their age data anyway? Well, that's why. Yeah. So the TikTok CEO was saying we use something called age gating for the initial like, because mm. also when it comes to things like that, determining something that isn't a hundred percent fact based on what's in your application, like smart companies w- are going to use as many like sources. It's called like data aggregation multiple mm-hmm. sources to determine uh, make an educated guess more or less so they use the age gating initially to be like well if you say you're this age our app's going to believe you so if you can lie somehow and like you know prove that you're a different age then you'll be able to view explicit content but then that's like on that's the user's responsibility to not lie or the parent's responsibility to determine that when they make the account they're not saying they're 20 they're saying that they're six or they're saying I guess six year olds are on the ship, but maybe not more like, you know, 12 on 10 or 11. Yeah. Kids like six year olds, but like eight, nine, 10 year olds for sure. Yeah. And then the other aspect was they said, we look at, so this was the part where I was like a little bit disappointed in the congressman's understanding because the CEO said, we look at the videos, we look at the videos that you're sharing and liking and posting to like all, like the, age of other people that are watching that and the age that's mentioned in those videos and the type of content that's being mentioned in the videos right you can use that to make an educated guess as well like all right you might have said you're eight but now you're watching all this content that's for like 11 12 year olds maybe the algorithm adjusts your age slightly based on that so and they were like that's pretty creepy it's like i guess (laughs) i'm not really a, a i i guess it's creepy but to me it's more smart because it's not like i'm taking any information about you that's sensitive it's already information that you gave the app, you permiss the app to like use and look at and log. So why can't I use that to then make your experience better and give you more of the content that you like? It's not like I'm listening on a microphone to what you're talking about with your friends when you're not using the app. Now, this is a very um, idealistic perspective and take on this. But That's think, fine. You know, the idea of Congress, senators who represent the common person, right? That they're representing the constituency. The average American, the average person, quite frankly, doesn't understand what a lot of this is right and on some level it is a little bit unsettling maybe not scary but like you're unsettled by the concept of data aggregation and the ability of like a an algorithm to learn based off of your behavior right that's a little bit unsettling especially when it's for a private interest we know the company may have ties to a foreign power we're not comfortable with like i think it's easy to maybe the questions are dumb but the rationale behind it isn't dumb i think it's a very valid fear it's just it's that question of like user education that you can never really answer from the perspective of making an app, right? It's like, you can yeah. only trust your users so much and you have to give them that rain 
to lie or misuse it or just incorrectly use it. Like, I don't know, but there's like, there's always that ability, I think. Yeah. I think that's I think a concern that- as well. That TikTok can't filter this out, right? Like you, you, after, after a certain point, you can't like, you know, you can't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. I think Congress is saying that there's also like, you know, some moral obligation to try to like, you know, it might make the app slightly better, but is it, you know, maybe acquiring too much data or making, you know, like leveraging too much information about the user to make the app experience one, 2% better when if they didn't have that, it wouldn't change anything. But like what they don't, in terms of like what content that you're feeding the users, the algorithms for like even Instagram and Facebook and everything has gotten so much more advanced over the past like three, four years. Like if you remember what it, right. like Instagram used to be all the people you followed in time order, mm-hmm. like you used to have to like scroll all the way to the bottom of your feed and be like, all right, this was the last post I saw. Now I can see all the new ones. Now it's, yep. it has nothing to do with that. It's, it's based on what you're looking at, how long you look at it, if you like it, if you share it, like there's value points basically built into like your interaction with the content. And then hmm. the, whatever has a highest score is what's going to get pushed to your feed. Plus a little mix in of the people that you follow. And like, advertisements. Yeah. You used to see posts from all your friends. Now, if there's someone on your profile you follow, but don't like, you never fucking see their content, bro. I like it's basically the same people and you just keep seeing them. Like it's like a circle of friends. Yeah. So I'm just, it's happening everywhere, but it's like if Instagram or whoever set the precedent never did that with the content, right? would the users know like what they don't know can't hurt them in some type of way. Like we could all just be getting feeded a basic stream of content. Like we used to now we're getting this like really advanced algorithmic, like somewhat artificial intelligent, artificially intelligent like way the question, the question is a valid question just because of the technical acumen like put the technical acumen aside like it is a question of should we rather than would we or rather could we right like yeah. we can but do we need to like it's like you said is there an roi on this is there like a valid return to that extra two three percent metric that you can calculate of like the app is better it's hitting even more of an audience providing even more of what they want right well i think I think to some capacity for the companies, it is worth it because they're the only way they make money is if people are using the app. Like it's all about screen time and like, are you using your app more hours than you are a different one? So like these things have definitely shown to like statistically increase screen time and like ad success because they can now cater the ads to the people that are looking at those videos with those type of that type of content. So obviously the products that are being sold are doing better so they could charge more for the ads. I'm assuming like, you know, it's definitely, you know, has its advantages. There's a profit incentive behind it, but like most things, profit is not like a moral argument. Well, yeah, but more like that moral argument component is critical for Congress. Right. I mean, you know how I feel. Like I, I think that like the moral aspect comes first and then the profit should always come second. But I just think it's hypocritical of a country that's like a capitalist society like the US where we constantly like ignore environmental factors, like people in Congress actively do this, like safety of sure. people around us related to guns and, you know, all these other things that we don't need to get into right now just because they're, you know, polarizing right. topics. But like, I just think it would be hypocritical to then be like in this one instance, or like in this instance, because it's like a technical app that stores or like utilizes people's data, like that's more of a threat than like any of the other things that we choose to not acknowledge. I think it's a matter of perspective. Like I challenge you to look at this as less of a matter of like moral right and wrong, more of a matter of perspective. Yes, we're pretty bad. 
I think it's more of a, it's bordering fact that China's worse, right? In almost yeah, all yeah. aspects of And then I think besides that, there is a certain point when you have to think about it from a destabilization perspective. TikTok is huge. TikTok is everywhere. TikTok is pervasive. It affects every level of society right now when it didn't five years ago. Very explosive. Very, and I think I think like that in and of itself for a, a superpower, right? Like us, it's threatening in a way. Yeah. It's threatening, right? Like you lose control of your citizenry. They depend on this foreign thing to give you like something nice. It's natural, I think, to be a little bit afraid. But I think there is an insidious aspect to what TikTok can and cannot do, right? I'm not saying it's like I'm not saying a lot of it isn't fear mongering and a lot of it isn't politicized. But I think there's a certain amount of like suspicion that is valid because this is yeah, a unique situation where like the overarching political power can call into question what TikTok can and can't do or provide them, right? 100%. No, no. And just to throw it out there, like I'm actually not fully in support of TikTok. Like I, no. I definitely get some sus vibes from it. Like apart from all the stuff that we're talking about now. Oh no, this sounds going down. Like apart from all of that, I guess I'm not going to get any more light. Um, just the fact that it like keeps people on their phones for so long. And I feel like the, like it kills your attention span and like kills your motivation because it's feeding you all this dopamine that like, you don't have to go out and get anywhere else. Like, you know, like for those aspects, I don't like the app. It's more like, I just, I can't write off the app for the security stuff because it's not proven and technically like it's sound. So it's more for like the other things, but again, it, they, they could be lying. And if they did, and we found that out later, I feel like dumb as shit, but that's also why I don't really use TikTok other than to post like content for the podcast, because I don't think there it's like know. a good, good, like motivational thing or like many other reasons, but we'll go into the, we can go into the last topic and then wrap it up from there. The Wi-Fi network access one. So basically the congressperson was asking, does TikTok uh have access to a home network and the answer mm-hmm. is if you're on wi-fi and not using cell service that's going to be yes yeah but then they follow that up with if if you're on the network do you have access to other devices on the network and that is you know not a it's not a black and white question because if well, to, to TikTok, it's a black and white question. It's a no. They're saying that they don't yeah. use other de- like because that's outside of like norms. Unless like your app is meant to like connect to a speaker or you know yep. connect to your TV. Another device, yeah. But they're saying outside of industry norms, they're not you know getting on getting on your uh, you know your laptop and accessing the files. Yeah, on unless laptop. like the user clip like you know plugs in their la- their yeah. phone, opens TikTok yeah. while it's connected to the laptop. There's really no reason why they should. Yeah, and. The thing is, it's all like permission based because in tech, when you're trying to access a foreign entity or a foreign device, you guys have to make a handshake like, all right, can I access your your hardware or data on your machine? No. Yep. All right. I'm de- declining your request. Like it's all about I make a request to this machine for data. They're either going to grant it or they're not. So if I don't have the right credentials or already have been granted access like manually or someone made the conscious decision to do that. Yeah, you can't just I can't, walk in. Yeah. So in theory, again, yes, if there if another device is on the network and you could observe like there's ways to observe devices and their IP addresses on this network because it's all yeah. it's public to your to your local area. Absolutely. So I could try to hit it. I could try to hit that IP address with requests, but or Does like the, the, port, the port. Yeah, we're, 
basically to the network, the machine exposes a port and then that's how it could be accessed and hit, hit with requests more or less. But if it's, if it's going to say no, and it's not already like predetermined that it's cool to take requests from this app, then no, it, it can't. So I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> I, I just feel like probably- the, the way that they were framing the questions was like, I understand why they're here and why the event existed, but I feel like credibility just like goes out the window when your bias is clearly exposed, like in your behavior, like they were so attacking them. Like, what do you mean? Like you're trying to access our devices. Like you're trying to pull our data off. You know what I mean? No, for sure. I think like it was, like I said, from the beginning, it's very political, but I think, I think even with those questions, it exposes the ignorant level of Congress, right? The ignorance level of Congress. Like they're, they don't have a background in this. They don't have any knowledge in this education and they're so charged with representing us in these kind of kind of considerations. I think they were, if they had, if they had approached it with a technical acumen, like from the lens of you or me, or maybe someone else much more educated than us, they probably could have asked better questions, questions that actually like mattered questions that were like much more succinct than like fear mongering, like, Oh, you can get on my device. You can access my, this, that, like, you know, there's more targeted because questions you could ask. About. It's like, if you had, I mean, where's like the head of like, cybersecurity like in in so like government. Say, like, like there's someone yeah. Yeah. Um, there has to be an expert that involves them on it yeah and at the same rate like you could basically bypass all of these beginner or novice level questions that don't need to be answered because they're not actually getting us to where we want to be and you could have someone no. who's technical dive into like the actual like nitty-gritty questions that like <clears throat> the way that someone who's non-technical asks the question, it could be asked poorly that if the person, like it gives the opportunity for the person to respond with w- what they want to hear while not giving away any like sensitive Actually, information that could give up the problem. So like, I, again, I'm not saying that they were doing anything wrong, but based on the answers that they were giving, they were not like criminal to anything. But if I mean, someone technical no was there, like, well, like well, if you're on the network and this other one has allowed you to do this or like because you're <clears throat> when you have an iPhone and you're connected to your MacBook and I pull out my iMessages, I see my iMessage app pops up. Does yeah. that does that same thing work for uh, TikTok? Because then it, technically the Mac knows it is communicating with your phone to know that you're on this app. Like how deep does the connection go and what you know what I mean? Like those, those yeah, they could have like, the because <clears throat> then it could come out that, hey, like they're not accessing the files on your computer, but there's enough, like con- yeah. there's a deep enough connection being made that has access to enough things that were, it could be dangerously leveraged. Yeah. A hundred percent. But again, they didn't answer that question. They I think didn't, part so of it, it was like a waste of time. You have to think about it though. It's not a real court. Right. So like yeah. no one's going to be convicted of being guilty of this or that. No one's going to yeah. be like given sentence or anything like that. So you don't, well, they really- turn it into laws later. They maybe, but I think that's kind of the point is like, it's like, the, I think a lot of voices is a very ceremonial way of bringing things to the public's attention. Hey, if you hadn't already heard TikTok is out there and it's controversial. And then it's like your Senator is kind of adding fuel to the fire, but also making a public spectacle out of it to like really bring it to the public's thought. Like, Hey, think about this. Do you want your kids on this app? Do you want, do you want to be on this app? Do you think it's a good idea? Right? Like what are your thoughts? Yeah. Cause that's how you make laws. Yeah, so you yeah. have to get people to make and that's kind of the whole fucking cyclical process of it. Get right? people to be in favor of like yeah, wanting something. to make the change in a certain direction. Yeah, yeah. And I, but I just, yeah. I mean, I hear you. I wish I they would do why it. That, 
yeah, just better, better questions. But also, apart from that, I, I understand why they're taking a defensive standpoint because they're trying to, you know, protect our country's data and like the, you know, you know, we're not really in favor but, for this. At the same rate, I just feel like if it was approached like, you know, let's educate our people on how to properly use the app so they're not giving up any of secure information that way while we look into things and determine if we need to ban the app if it's actually misusing it. Because it, it's going to be hard to prove if they're disusing it. Like we don't have access to their code. That's the only way. Like I could see, oh, they're actually sending this information to the back end and storing it, even though they told us they're not. But if you're if you control the problem at where you can control it, which is the users, like make sure that they're not giving up information. Like tell them to make a profile yeah. with like a different birthday and like a different address and don't post sensitive information into videos. Like don't record anything in their app that, that could be sensitive. Don't send messages that have sensitive information, like that kind of stuff. It's like how if you work at a company, you go through training about how to avoid, you know, yeah, phishing and all that stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like there's responsibility on all parts. Like you, you can't you can't get mad because some like some person that I don't even know what I was going to say there, but some person who shouldn't be using the app goes on and gives up sensitive information like they voluntarily did that. No one coerced them into doing it. Yeah. So there's no, two, no, it's, two it's, sides. There's two sides, and I think they're both valid, and it's also just complicated by so many political factors, too. It is. Because if this wasn't Chinese, but if it was a different country, would it be like, would we have the same level of fear, right? Would we, do, would you, would we steep to congressional investigation? I guess we did with Facebook, um, and we did with other companies, so. It, that are I think you saw it in Facebook, too. They asked pretty shitty questions. I, I remember no, like, that being No, they definitely did, yeah. That, that was, was even whole, worse, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least or, they like, took a stand. There, they were, like, kissing up to... Zuckerberg. FTX and the they're based in the go. Bahamas, so I guess they're not a US entity, but um Yeah. I mean like crypto and exchange and they're just like the very yeah, the lack of understanding there too. Which yeah, that was pretty bad. That's a whole other topic, but like the misunderstanding <laughs> of like the advantages of a decentralized currency and then at the same time we're trying to develop our own like national blockchain like or decentralized currency or digital currency at least not decentralized but right it's like if you don't really understand it well enough like but again the, the people that are developing it are probably not the ones speaking in front of people they're actually like no they're out there doing the work unfortunately yeah yeah uh i mean that's all i really had uh, were there any closing things you want to say i appreciate you giving me your like feedback and kind of bouncing off um, me um, in regard. No, i don't think i have anything else i think it's pretty cool to like talk through both sides and kind of like flesh out perspectives on this because it's a it's a really deep topic it's deeper than yeah. like congress wants it out to be for sure like oh yeah and the, and the not sad but i guess like unsettling part is we'll never know the full truth until it is needed for us to be, know the full truth which is probably in the case that shit goes wrong and like we find out that they've been misusing our data this whole time and now we're screwed so probably Otherwise, we probably would never know. Fingers crossed. So be careful with uh, the apps you use and be careful with the information you give up. Hell yeah. Um, that's pretty much it, I guess. Uh, and try to keep the episode short. You know, little bits of knowledge for the time being. Taking a little break from interviews just because I've been doing that for the past, uh, you know, like year and a half at this point. Um, yeah. yeah, Juan, appreciate you. Thanks for coming on. Uh, Thank you for having me on. Have a rest of your night in Boston. 
across the Thank country you, right now. You have California, man. All right, dude. Nice talking. Peace. Night, brother. Oh, my God.